Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. So here's something. It turns out that a company can, in fact, be a big, fat jerk. And also that what everybody thinks is a really big story really might not be. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Washington, D.C., Marketplace East, if you will. I'm Kai Rizdal. Great to have you here on this Tuesday, everybody. It is the 18th of November. We begin today with a story that is pretty much all at the same time of lasting political, economic, environmental, and symbolic import. Or perhaps it's not. The Keystone XL pipeline that would carry hundreds of thousands of barrels of crude oil from the Canadian tar sands across the Great Plains down to the Gulf of Mexico. The fight against Keystone has been a marquee battle for the U.S. environmental movement for years now. It is seen as key to the political future of Democratic Senator Mary Landrieu of Louisiana, who is still wrapped up in a tough re-election fight in a state, of course, where the energy industry is a major, major employer. But all of that aside, it might not actually matter whether the thing goes ahead at all. Marketplace's Dan Weissman has that story. The fight against Keystone was primarily about preventing climate change. Crude oil from the oil sands is a lot more carbon intense. That's Jim Crane. He's an energy studies fellow at Rice University's Baker Institute for Public Policy. He says you emit more carbon just extracting the stuff, and it throws off extra carbon when you burn it. The hope was blocking Keystone could prevent this type of crude from getting to market. But in the years that Keystone's been debated, that train has left the station. Literally, trains. That's how the oil is finding its way to market. Keith Brownsey is a political scientist at Mount Royal University in Alberta, Canada. It's being transported now by train down to Vancouver, and it's being put on uh, tankers, and it's shipped over to Asia. Bingo, there you go. The original pro-Keystone argument has also lost a lot of steam. That was energy independence for North America. Fracking made that a less urgent concern. However, for Brownsey, putting the oil in a pipeline now matters for a new reason. Rail is exponentially more dangerous than transmitting it by uh, pipeline. In other words, pipelines don't derail. Andrew Weaver is a climate scientist at the University of Victoria and a Green Party legislator for British Columbia. It's kind of like the polar bear. You know, Keystone has become that iconic uh, image of if we can't force change here, where can we force change? While Weaver opposes Keystone, he admits the battle is largely symbolic at this point. In Chicago, I'm Dan Weissman for Marketplace. Uber is, for the uninitiated, the car-sharing app that has kind of become a verb, as in, I Ubered home from work last night. The company has also become something of a shining example, and I mean that in the most unflattering possible way, of questionable corporate behavior. The most recent example became public last night, an incident in which a senior executive at the company suggested spending a million dollars to investigate the personal lives of journalists, in particular, one female reporter. Uber CEO Travis Kalanick did take to Twitter today with an apology, but Marketplace's Tracy Samuelson has more now on bad behavior and the bottom line. It's not just this misstep. There was an ad campaign in France that promised attractive female drivers. A quote from the CEO in GQ about Boober, i.e. how popular he's become with women. Robert Sutton is a professor of management science at Stanford University and the author of a book called The No Rule. In our society, and I wish this wasn't true, we seem to forgive, reward, and even celebrate 
excessively so long as they make money. Sutton offers the example of Dove Charney, the founder of American Apparel, who ran the company for years despite allegations of sexual harassment and lewd behavior. And yeah, a quick poll of Uber customers in Washington, D.C. showed a kind of meh reaction. I don't know. I mean, it it had to cross a significant ethical line for it to change my consumer habit. Sounds really terrible, but... But Uber customer Rebecca Milford will probably keep using the app. Chris Allen, too. Like, as a customer, it's pretty good service, so I wouldn't be too worried about any issues. It works well for me. But Karen North at the USC Annenberg School of Communications thinks Uber's profits could suffer if the company burns through the trust it's built with customers. They need to push people to trust their app and their drivers rather than just a standard cab company. And so if you start feeling like this is an untrustworthy organization or group of people, then it...